Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Barley. And we are here to continue our look at the Purdue 2022 Big Ten schedule. We've got two games to talk about tonight. We've got the game against Nebraska and the game against Maryland. That's going to be the second half of the pod. But before we start, Casey, I've got a question for you. It's about time. Not having one Sunday just ruined my whole day. I, I know. So the very first AP pure preseason football poll Purina. came out. The first AP Purina-sponsored yep. college football good boy sit-down poll of the year. Yeah. Top 25. You know, most people don't know that's what it was called when it came out. <laughs> uh, it's one of those little-known facts that kind of got lost to history, mm-hmm. but but I, I knew you would know that. Marketing doesn't always work. Sometimes no, it's it doesn't true. stick with you. Yeah, and then after a few years, they just decided it wasn't worth the money, right. so they stopped sponsoring it. The first AP preseason poll – in college football came out in September 1950, so uh-huh. r- roughly roughly 72 years ago. Yeah. My question for you is: Oh no! Do you think Purdue oh. was ranked, receiving votes, or neither? I uh, I thought you were going to ask me who was number one. Okay, I can't I'll... tell if this is harder or not. Who was number one? Um, Harvard. No, uh, it was actually Notre Dame. Ah, oh, that made. That's sad. Why? Yeah. You should have just ran past that. We did not need to give them more rub. Uh, well. Um, was actually, pretty ranked. That was the question. 1950. Um, yes. 18th. No, we were not ranked. Damn it. We were. We were receiving votes. Okay. Receiving votes. I couldn't remember when we were because we were good sometime back then. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. Um, yes, Purdue was receiving votes. They received six votes, and if you you know count them out, it means they Purdue was essentially. 34th in the nation 
um, in the preseason that year. Close. Yeah, I mean, not bad. Um, Who was our quarterback? In 1950. Oh, man, I didn't didn't look that up. I didn't know I was going to be questioned. Turn it back around. I have no idea who. Let's see. Uh, In 1950. Oh, we we probably shouldn't have received votes. We finished the uh, 1950 season uh, two and seven. Let's see. I mean, how many teams were there? Like 40? (laughs) Well, it says 120. Oh, that's that's not bad for 1950. Uh, I didn't know there were that many people that went to college back then. Yeah, there was there was enough pro football team at only 120 schools. The rest of them, uh, not so much. You know, I I can't find an actual list of Purdue <laughs> quarterbacks by year. Shocking. Yeah, so uh, maybe someone on our uh, on our board or on Twitter will will find out, or else I'll find out as we're talking here. So there you go, Purdue, 34th at the time, and also kind of. Uh, Nice little harmony because Purdue was receiving votes in the preseason poll this year for football. So they finished two and seven. We don't want to be compared to the trash team. No, but I'm saying we're receiving votes. We're back to where we were in 1950 in the good graces of some folks. It's going to be a different ending, though. As you know, on this podcast, we're of the belief that Purdue will go undefeated. (laughs) Casey is on the record multiple times. The boom in Bloomington. We are ready. That's right. Um, so that is exciting. I wanted to ask you about one other thing that kind of came out um, late this afternoon. So there's a group that meets to kind of discuss college football. Um, it's college university presidents and chancellors and all those people. Apparently in their most recent meeting. Was I invited? They, you were not. Oh. Um, I was, but I declined. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was too busy. Big Britches Lenman had something yeah. else to do. Well, yeah. Um, they discussed reportedly for five minutes, so not a not a huge chunk of the meeting. Do we know? Do we know that? That's what it said. That's literally okay. that's what the report Cause... said. They talked about this for five minutes. Okay. Um, that the Power Five conferences talked about leaving the NCAA in football and <laughs> governing themselves through some um, other organization, possibly the college football playoff. So mark it down for 2024. Uh yeah. I mean, this is this is definitely happening, right? What was it? I want. What are the five minutes? I want the five minutes. Yeah, I know, right? It, it was reported, I believe, first by ESPN. I, and I guarantee you, some guy up front. Hey, we're gonna talk about that thing, and then a guy in the back's like, "Cut it! Not now! No, we need to make money <laughs> guys, first. Not guys. yes." Yeah. Um. I mean, it's just kind of amazing because this is somebody that everybody has thought was going to happen for years and years as especially as conference realignment has just expanded and these conferences are and these conferences are getting bigger and bigger and bigger they're they're basically swallowing each other so there's just there's not as many oh wait here we go bob demoss looks like he was the quarterback in 1950 uh for purdue and then dale samuels from 50 to 52 so it looks like both of them might have played then um, those but are yeah, good names. Yeah, those, those are good are. quarterback names. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like in the near future we may be hearing rumblings of the Power Five conferences breaking off and leaving the NCAA. If it's nine minutes next year, I'm going to be real concerned. Yeah, and then you know, 15 after that, mm-hmm. and then it's a whole meeting. Mm-hmm. It's it, these things are just going to happen. It, it, I mean, this seems inevitable, right? I don't know why. I I don't know why it wouldn't. Okay, point. I thought I thought you were gonna end with I don't know why, but I was about to tell you why. No, I'm just I don't know why I wouldn't like. Yeah. How is this not the inevi- inevitable ending? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know what the NCAA gives to these schools to these conferences money. that they can't. But do they? I mean, I mean, in theory. Yeah, in theory, but I mean the money comes from the Correct. Power Five, so it's basically like they're 
they created a middleman for themselves. The NCAA does what Roger Goodell does in the NFL. It takes bullets for all these yeah. schools. Yeah. That's it. Yep. It's, yeah, I mean, it's nice it's, when you're going to make the money and someone else gets to be the bad guy. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're when you're younger and don't really understand the all the economics of sports and you're like, man, why is the commissioner so bad? I hate the commissioner. Then you realize when you get older, you're like, oh, the owners like that you hate Correct. the commissioner because the commissioner works for the owners. Mm-hmm. And if he's the bad guy, Follow. you're not looking at them. They make a lot of money. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They make uh quite a bit of money. They're they're doing fine. Good life. Uh, regardless of what some of them would tell you uh, in their financials. See, you could, you could never be the leader of a sports thing. You, Why? You, you would want to fix too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that just can't be the mindset. No, you got to make dollar dollars. Yeah, you, you're you just there to make money, uh, to shut up when they tell you to shut up, and kind of just, uh, like you said, be hated, and that's your, that's your job. So the NCAA does do that for the, the Power Five. They're a convenient enemy. I know I hate them, so... I guess it's working for now, but it'll be interesting to see in the future if this five-minute meeting goes somewhere and becomes more and more because I think both of us believe, as we've said, that this seems inevitable down the line. It's just a matter of how long it takes. Twelve minutes. <laughs> Twelve minutes. All right. So next year, 12-minute meeting, uh, and then they'll just we have good? it all worked we out. We good? Yeah. We good? We good? Great. All right. Now moving on. So moving on for us as well, we're going to take a break, come back, talk about the games at Maryland and versus Nebraska. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back as we continue our look at the 2022 
Purdue football conference schedule. Last podcast, we talked about Penn State and Minnesota. Today, we're going to look at Maryland and Nebraska. So this will be the third and fourth games of the Big Ten schedule. Game number three, Purdue heads out my direction, headed to College Park to take on Maryland on October 8th. No game time announced for that one yet. Uh, But Casey, I just want you to know the odds of me going to this game are looking up. Uh, Prices for the tickets have dropped dramatically, and uh, I'm looking— In just like a week? No, well, we last talked about this like two weeks ago. Because remember, we didn't record last week. We recorded once. No, we didn't. Ha- oh, well, last I- week when I was dying. Yes, when you were gotcha. sick. Uh, so tickets have dropped precipitously. So uh, what it looks happened? like I-, I don't know. People realized it was Maryland football, I think. Um, so, you know, they've been in the conference since expansion uh, a few years back. But Purdue and Maryland have only played twice uh, since the conference expanded. Uh, each team winning at home. Uh, Travis actually came out to uh, Maryland and him and his uh, family went, and uh, Jess and I went to the last game here in Maryland. You guys where didn't per- sit together, did you? No, because we actually had bought <laughs> tickets. So, well, we bought tickets. He bought tickets beforehand, <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, we'll go. And then we bought tickets. Um, but uh, it was just a miserable game. Uh, Purdue lost 50-7 to seven, uh, and gave up 400 yards rushing on just 46 carries. And it was sprinkling during most of the game. It was very bad. You'll be okay. Uh, the, it'll be the, great this year. Global the Maryland, warming is going to be like 70 degrees. Yeah, it'll be fine weather-wise. Uh, the Maryland running back in that game, Ty Johnson, ran for 204 yards on seven carries. I do remember that. It, I mean, it was it was one of the worst games I've ever been to. Um, so th- this will be the third time they've met as conference opponents, uh, the fourth time they've met combined. They did, of course, meet in a bowl game uh, back following the 2006 season where Purdue got their clock cleaned. So uh, that actually is always going to be a memorable game for me because that was on my buddy's 21st birthday. Uh, my buddy who also went to Purdue, I later lived with. Uh-huh. And we watched we watched that game at a Buffalo Wild Wings because it was over Christmas break. And uh, not a lot of places to go grab a drink in Connorsville. Uh, so we went over to Oxford and my buddy had quite a little bit to drink. Uh, during that game, so that made it uh, a little memorable. Um, yeah, I I don't <laughs> I don't have a memory of a Maryland football game. That's I think you're in the majority there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think many people can tell you much uh, about the Maryland football program. For instance, Casey, can you tell me who the head coach of Maryland football is without cheating? Yeah, it's a uh, uh, Chiano. Chiano. Nope, that he is Rutgers. Back. That is Rutgers. Oh, other weird team. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, it is Mike Loxy. Yeah, that guy. In his that's how I order my bagels. Ha ha! <laughs> now that's a good joke. That's a good <laughs> joke. Um, so Loxley is going into his fourth season at Maryland. Not had a ton of success. Uh, Maryland's offense last year was uh, very good. They ended the season seven and six, but were just three and six in the Big Ten. Um, they beat Virginia Tech in the Pinstripe Bowl, which is the one that takes place in Yankee Stadium. They won that game 54 to 10. So you can see that they can put points on the board. And Casey, they have a uh, big name quarterback. Mm-hmm. Which come on, go say it. <laughs> I gave you the pronunciation. I broke it down like hooked on phonics before. I believe in you. See now, now you're gonna make me mess it up. Come on. It's just Tonga Villowa. <laughs> it's worse. How have you gotten worse at this? I, give it to me then. Give yeah. it to me. Tonga Vailoa. 
There you go. Tonga Vailoa. See, I just needed you to say it one more time. Yeah. Um, he, of course, is the younger brother of the Dolphins quarterback. Um, Tua Fortuna. Yep, that's exactly it. So la- last year threw for 3,860 yards, 26 touchdowns against 11 interceptions, uh, ran for 77 and had two touchdowns on the ground. So he's a guy who can throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball a lot, and uh, they're going to try to just run up the score on you because their defense uh, is very bad. Yeah, uh, their offense is going to be interesting this year. They bring back all five offensive linemen. It wasn't a great offensive line last year, but they do have some talent, and that is a lot of experience to bring back together. Um, you talked about Tungavailoa. He is obviously a very accurate passer. They were just under 70% completions as a team last year. They have, outside of the top handful of teams in the country, one of the best, most dynamic receiving cores in the country. Uh, that is going to be their bread and butter. They are going to try to throw and throw and throw and put up a lot of points defensively like you said not great but they do bring back two all big 10 cornerbacks and that will be the uh the kind of cornerstone of their defense now it's going to come down to can they get any pressure with a defensive line that's not great they're replacing both safeties and their linebackers were atrocious last um they they were a team that couldn't stop the run or pass so there's (laughs) a lot of work to do there yeah having two cornerstones uh in the backfield uh, defensive backfield is great for them, but it's like having, you know, uh, a cornerstone on an outhouse. Not really going to do much good for you. So, for instance, I mean, last year against Ohio State and Michigan, they gave up a combined 125 points. Correct. That is astounding. It's a lot of points. It's not a good defense. They're going to try. It, it is going to be, you know, a lot of 30-30, 40-40 games if they're successful. Right. Right. But their offense is going to be dangerous enough. And, you know, Purdue lost a lot of guys in their secondary. We returned seven defensive players, but we pretty much lose, what, our three or four worst or best defensive okay, players. Okay, I, like, I was like, wouldn't yeah, that be yeah. good? Yeah, no, we lose, like, the four we lose are the best defensive players right. we had. So yeah. I think we're both a little nervous about our secondary this year, and this mm-hmm. team will absolutely challenge us on the road. And on the other end, we will know by this game – you know, how our wide receivers are looking. But right. at the moment, we don't really know who's going to be available and how well they're all going to play being the first, second, third options, no longer being just, you know, we lost we lost a lot in the receiving core the last couple of years. So this will be an interesting test. If we have a dynamic offense and a defense that plays um, better than expected, maybe, then you have to feel good going into this game. If not, this could be another long day where Maryland receivers get loose, get behind the defense, and Tonga Viola absolutely carves us up. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the sixth game of the year. So as you said, the re- the receiving core for Purdue should hopefully be settled. We should know who's uh, who's going to be healthy, know who's going to be able to make a difference, and know who a guy who you can count on, you know, on maybe a third down play where you need the yardage will be. That is a huge question mark. And there are just – it seems like every year for Purdue you get a bunch of guys who are hurt in the offseason – uh, who are hurt at the end of the year and are, you know, playing through some pain and they have those offseason surgeries and you just hope they can come back in time. Um, it, it's it's the list just seems to be longer and longer every year. Uh, football, obviously, a very rough sport for your body. So we, we hope those guys can come back, and be healthy, because that would obviously make a difference both in the defensive backfield and in the receiving core for Purdue. So as you said, this is going to be a game where probably a lot of points are going to be scored um, and it's going to come down to. Is Purdue's defense up to the challenge against 
a, a Maryland offense that is going to throw the ball probably just as much as Purdue is going to throw the ball. Um, so if you like offense, this is the game for you. But I think it's one that Purdue has a really good chance of winning, even though it is on the road. It's probably going to be the best quarterback matchup of the conference for the season. So it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think a year ago you would have guessed that the Purdue Maryland game would have a battle of two pretty good quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, no plumber. So it's hard yep. to see. Exactly. Exactly. So that is our look at Maryland. Moving on to game number seven, Purdue versus Casey's favorite team. Oh boy. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. Corn stankers. So go. Casey. What up? Nebraska had a banner year in 2021. They were three and nine, one and eight in the conference. But you know, if you listen to anyone on Twitter, anyone who's a Nebraska fan, they'll tell you they were just unlucky. They should have won nine games. I'm assuming and, unfair. I'm assuming that NCAA cheated against them. I, well, probably. Uh, but, you know, they had they actually scored more points than their opponents, but they just did it in the wrong games. <laughs> so if you really – if you look at the, the advanced metrics on luck, really say that Nebraska should have won nine games last year. Yeah. I mean, don't throw the ball to the other team all the time. That's That's a good way to put luck in your place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think really if if you can go ahead and uh, enforce that on the Nebraska team, you'd get a couple million dollars as their coach. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting squad because no longer will it be what's his name, the quarterback there for 18 years, Martinez. Yeah. Uh, Casey Thompson, a transfer from Texas, will be coming over. He started, I believe, the last 10 games of last season whenever he took over. Uh, their offense is not going to be good. It's not yeah, a talented so bunch. Um it's not a particularly good scheme. Uh, their coach did give up uh, offensive play calling design duties, so that can probably help um, anytime. Anytime that your head coach doing less is good for your program, you know you have the right hire. Yeah, I mean, that's just a weird <laughs> – like, I get that sometimes we were mad at Brom for the play calling and like, hey, buddy, you got to focus on the whole game. Mm-hmm. But to to see their fans cheer that their coach gave up play calling and, like, play design is a weird, weird thing. I mean, it, we never had a problem with Brom's offensive design. Our offense no. always looks good. It's mostly just pulling the right triggers at the right time and being aggressive enough. But, yeah, this this is a Nebraska football team that has struggled for a long time. Their defense is going to be really good. They are going to step up that way. I, um, it'd be nice if they were just pushovers, but I do think there is a lot of talent on the defensive end. They were pretty good last year. They were just kind of put in a lot of really bad situations. And, you know, defense is a lot of effort and talent, but when you – constantly get put in bad positions and your season kind of slips away it's it's not hard to see how a talented defense could fall off as well um this year you got to think they're going to try to control the ball not put their defense in such bad situations rely on that talent uh win win some close games but yeah this is this is not a great football team and if purdue is going to be anything that we hope they could be they need to handle this game. Yeah, especially because the game is at home. Um, and just one more thing on Scott Frost. Didn't he take a pay cut in the offseason? I believe he took a pay cut in the offseason so that so that they could bring in new mm-hmm. coordinators that, you know, so he could increase the coordinator uh, pool. And oh, boy, never a good sign if you're the head coach and you're agreeing to take a pay cut. Yeah. Uh, acknowledging that you're not worth what <laughs> someone <laughs> yeah. said you were at the start. <laughs> Hmm. Like, like, just imagine. Like, we can both agree here. We're going to sit down across this table. Like, you you know you're not worth this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we agree. Okay. So we all just, just 
Okay. Imagine going into yeah. your boss like on a Monday and just being like, look, uh, I- I'm going to be honest. I've not been pulling my weight around here. I took a uh, nap on Friday. Yeah. Took a nap <laughs> For like Thursday. two hours. I left early on Wednesday. Monday, I woke up at like noon. Monday, I wasn't even here. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. So what I'd like to do is give back you know what the 20% problem is? of my salary. You know what? We didn't notice, which is probably why we're <laughs> yeah. going to accept that. It's, it's probably not a good idea that I didn't know that you weren't here. So, yeah, that that's Nebraska football, guys. Yeah, uh, it's been great. Uh, it's been great for us because Nebraska is one of those one of those fan bases that you just love to hate because they were good a long time ago and uh, they just they think they're I do the football. Just say it like it is. Yeah, yeah, I, you're not wrong, and it, it helps that they're red and white too. Bloomington so. of the cornfield. <laughs> well, I mean Bloomington also in Indiana, so there is corn there, but yeah, but we didn't name our teams after them. That's true. That is true. Just put it on our quarter. Was that on the Indiana quarter? Oh, there was some corn. I can't remember. There's more than cornfields, but there are cornfields. Well, yeah, there's also Indiana Beach. Yep. Not never was on the coin. I think I don't there think is so. anymore. It's under like the 19th owner of the last. Five yeah, it's years, been it's but... been uh, shifting. So shout out Indiana Beach. Whoop, whoop. I went. I've been there once in my life. That's it. Yeah. Wow. It's sad. <laughs> we used to go all the time. It was like 35 minutes away. Yeah, from, I mean, from Monticello I... time. I grew up in the on the opposite corner of the state, so yeah, I still we, don't know where Connersville is. No one does or care. We would we would go to Kings Island. That's better. Yeah, that was that was the place for also us. Also under go. new ownership. Yeah, bought out by the Cedar Park guys. Great. Yeah. Wow. Yep. We're way off topic, but you can tell how much we care about. Uh, yeah. You can you can tell how much we care about Nebraska. Go ahead, try to leave me back to Nebraska football. See well, I fig- see if I'm following that. I thought maybe your anger and hate toward them would help. Indifference. Uh, indifference, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, one of the strange things about it, as I said, Nebraska has historically been a good program, but they've just fallen off so hard lately. Purdue actually is tied in the all-time series with them, 5-5. Five and five, Which, I mean, a lot of that is this because... Be big for the program. Yeah. A lot of that is just because, you know, different conferences, it wasn't like Purdue was going to play them in a marquee non-conference matchups so it's not they haven't played a ton but to be five and five played ten times yes i thank (laughs) you for that five and five uh, those numbers when they get to double digits i really struggle um but i mean that's it's a it's a good little stat there and hopefully purdue can can get one this year and take that to six and five and have a commanding series lead yeah we're gonna need it to be seven yeah that's right this is, and, Which game know, do we buy the tickets for Bloomington? Is it after this one? <laughs> oh, no. I don't think so. Or we I have to wait for Wisconsin. Wait little, yeah, we'll wait till Wisconsin. If if we beat Wisconsin, okay. do we I'll, need to go I'll to Madison? Or are they coming here? Uh, uh, they, we go to Madison's here. Ooh, undefeated. Undefeated. Not looking great. <laughs> no, that that's what I said. It's going to uh, happen, Levin. All right. Well, I hope so. Third time. Hard time uh, to so, fly. again, Nebraska last year, very bad. One and eight in conference play. Offense was all over the place. Uh, you know, they the, the only team they beat in the last year in Big Ten was Northwestern. They won 56 to seven, and uh, after that, nothing but losses in conference That's play. Wild. That's a wild victory. Yeah, yeah. And remember last year too, they had that really strange uh, Ill- illegal forward pass off a punt return that wound up in a safety. No, it was bizarre. <laughs> it was just bizarre, and that, and that was like the and. I'm, I am looking at uh, what Travis wrote up for this game. This was those were actually the first points of the entire college football season, and it was a weird safety uh, two points for Illinois. So very weird harbinger of the year to come that was for Nebraska. So 
we're really looking forward to uh, Scott Frost being angry on the sidelines and Nebraska fans blowing up about how everyone treats them unfairly and the world is out to get them. That that would be a nice continuation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want everything. I like Some things can this, remain constant. This isn't Minnesota. We don't need to rock the boat. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what this new guy from Texas can do. As you said, he started 10 games last year at Texas, but... I thought Texas was back, so I thought maybe he'd stay. I, I don't know who they got coming in. Maybe this guy's going to be good. Maybe he won't. But new quarterback, new coordinator, always a tough a tough go. So uh, let's hope their offense struggles once again. I believe in it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, until I'm proven wrong, I just assume that Nebraska football will fall on their faces. So that that's kind of my stance going in. I think this is going to be a, a closer game than we think uh, Nebraska – just been in a lot of close games, but I think this is going to be the one that Purdue can pull out, and uh, then we'll head to the game that everyone is scared of. The next game after that is Wisconsin in Madison, so that's really where the rubber hits the road if Purdue gets that first victory over Penn State. Yeah, our last big, our last gimme Big Ten game. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, so there we go, Casey. Anything, any other parting shots at Nebraska before we get out of here for the night? They don't deserve it. There you go. I love it. <laughs> We need apathy. I don't even care about you anymore, Nebraska. Let's go. Boiler out.